nonprofit founders and leaders, change makers and dreamers? Are you searching for new ways to be heard amidst the overwhelming noise and confusion of these uncertain times? Giving Heartbeat is the place to make connections and ignite sparks of compassion into forces for good and together turn unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Conversations with dynamic nonprofit champions from across the planet reveal how they turned passion into action and obstacles into achievements. I'm your host, Donna Valente. Welcome. Over the past three decades, I've met hundreds of incredible nonprofit changemakers from around the world. It's my passion and mission to promote them. This is Giving Heartbeat. Welcome. I'd like to welcome to the Giving Heartbeat studio this afternoon, Heather Ely, who is the founder and CEO of Project Sanctuary. Heather, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I would love to have you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey and what led you to start Project Sanctuary and, and what you're doing today. Okay. Um, so about 14 years ago, I started Project Sanctuary because I recognized that our military families were not getting the support and services they needed. Um, fast, go way back back to the first Gulf War a long, long time ago. I was uh, volunteering as a nurse in a free clinic in Colorado, and military families started showing up with Gulf War illness. And two things really stood out for me. One, the whole family was sitting in my waiting room, mom, dad, kids. Um, typically, the veteran was pretty sick, um, and there were no answers. They were all confused. And the other thing that really didn't set well with me as a civilian, I didn't understand why we weren't taking better care of these families. Why were they driving to Colorado to seek out answers and help and care? So you fast forward through 9-11, and I'm really paying attention to what's going on, especially through the lens of who's taking care of our military families. And as a registered nurse, I really wanted to, to do something um, honestly, I just wanted to write a big check to an organization and say, hey. And so I Googled who's taking care of military families. And there was no one wow. 14 years ago. And we're so blessed to live in Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, this is our home base. And outdoor recreation, I mean, it's just beautiful year-round. And I thought, what if I could take a few veterans and their families up to the mountains and we could get teach them and we can give them tools and support. We can ride some horses and go whitewater rafting. Uh, wouldn't that work? And yeah, long story short, I just went for it. That's incredible. And I noticed on your website that you have quite a bit of research that has gone along with your, with your work um, that I thought was, was great and I think is wonderful for the field. Do you want to talk at all about that? Sure. Um, part of my background as a nurse, I was an outcome-based quality assurance registered nurse, which means I really like data and outcomes. I uh, also wanted to make sure that we were doing everything possible for these families. So we were constantly doing surveys. And our program is really unique because it's based on what the military families are telling us they need. So it changes constantly. Um, 
So we're really good at doing research. Hopefully we'll have some more research studies, but I really believe if you listen to the families and you give them a chance, they will tell you exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that makes our program really unique. So can you tell us a bit about uh, the retreats and the, the kinds of things that um, that happen and, and um, like how long they are? And mm-hmm. So our retreats are open to any military family that could benefit from a therapeutic retreat. So sometimes we have single moms coming with her two kids. Uh, we have the typical mom-dad two kids. Uh, sometimes we have a caregiver coming with an injured soldier. We do active duty. We do um, veterans as well. But they're six days in length. And we keep the classes to two hours a day max. We do two hours on relationship and communication for a couple of days. We do a post-traumatic growth how to live with post-traumatic stress as a family. It's a really impactful class. And then we also have a financial class. And then lots of recreation. Uh, We have licensed counselors. We have social workers available. We have recreation therapists that help design the program to make sure we're getting every bit of therapeutic uh, opportunity we can. That's really awesome. So how do military families find you? Are you connected with the um, different systems, VA and, and uh, other uh, hospitals? and, and uh, I would say the majority of our families find us uh, from other families. So it's really grassroots. Uh-huh. If one family comes to a retreat and goes home and tells 10 more families. Of course, social media helps us out a good bit too when they start posting wonderful pictures of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we host retreats in seven different states across the country from hopefully this year, Washington state all the way to Maryland, uh, Texas and Georgia. Wow. North Carolina is a wonderful state too. And as we're in these different locations and the families come, they, they say, Hey, Hey, neighbor friend, you've got to get over here. You've got to to check out this program. It was life-changing. It was miraculous. And they're just so excited. They're our best. But, yes, we do get referrals from other partner organizations, and the VA does refer to us as well. Wow, you must have some some big network to be able to do that in seven states, right? And I know I, I think you're also a very lean organization. So how do you do you reach out with with organizations in each state to build each program separately? Or do you find one? It's all all the same retreat. So we partner with different retreat host sites in each state. Um, We have our own travel team that just takes off and flies. Um, We've always been a remote organization. We've always worked from home. We don't have a brick and mortar office. So my retreat teams can go anywhere at any time. And, We have our basic set schedule for the retreats and our host sites. Wow, that's awesome. So how how has COVID affected everything? Did it were you still able to have retreats at some level or did you have to go Zoom or right. So many organizations went all virtual and and we did. We we launched a PS Wellness Matters class on Facebook, our little group. Uh, we reached out to all of our families. We upped our communication, our newsletters, some phone calls to make sure they were doing okay and asked them, once again, what do you want? 
and it was really apparent that they wanted in-person programming and they really didn't care. <laughs> uh, so we were closed down six weeks. We hosted our first in-person retreat May 22nd. Um, and we put on our mask. We social distanced. We kept families in pods. Mm -hmm. We brought out the hand sanitizers. We bleached everything. And knock on wood, we're still hosting retreats. We have not slowed down. We, we did reduce the number. So instead of hosting 10 families at a retreat, we're hosting five mm -hmm. families. So it's a more manageable um, group size. But we have not slowed down. We actually are a family support program, which uh, provides support and services before and after the retreats. Um, we, we upped our giving and our support by like 121% wow. last year because families are in need. So we, we consider mental health an essential service. That's great because it certainly is. And especially now with, with COVID, I was so um, happy that we are having this chance to talk because I know that the services are so essential and that, that really points to that, that in-person need that's so critical and that you're able that you were able to find a way to do that is is really commendable and and hopefully other organizations are going to be able to to do that too and and start providing services that are so essential essential for families and um and moving forward yeah we have a, an amazing staff and team to make sure that we're complying with all cdc regulations and state regulations and county regulations and facility regulations and we wrote a manual and a, a protocol book and we've actually found that our protocols are more strict than everything else so as long as we're following our formula generally we're okay but it's a lot of checking nice so um what what are your plans for the future that you see for project sanctuary and and uh yeah we'll start with that question hopefully Hopefully, we're building an organization that will be here long past. Mm -hmm. um, so, we're really excited. We have a new software system, so we'll be able to get more analytics and more data. Because if we can show what we're doing works, we can share it with other organizations and that we can help more families. Um, hopefully, moving into the future, we're always that grassroots organization that looks each one of the families in the eye and says, how can we serve you? What can we do better? What do you need? We're listening. Um, and letting them know that they, they matter and they're not forgotten. That's awesome. Have you seen um, in, in the course of the, the last year or so, have you seen what families are dealing with change at all? Well, I know a lot of our active duty and currently serving families right now are really stressed. Um, COVID has limited their ability to travel or see family members celebrate in a normal way. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them are loosening up. It, it, it all depends, but a lot of really emotional stress. And a lot of our families have kids. And just like the rest of us, their kids are at home and they're dealing with, with that. And then on the veteran side, maybe they're dealing with an injured veteran with post-traumatic stress and TBI and you're navigating the VA and the kids are at home. And that is just a recipe for all sorts of fun. Wow. So we're, 
we're honored to be able to do what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and the families need to know that there are organizations out there that are providing health and care, not just us. There, there are quite a few. Well, that's good. Is there is there a network out there that, or do you see that happening? Oh, there is one. Well, we always like to. All the organizations like to say no wrong door, so yeah. that if you come to us and we can't we can't help you, we can open another door for you. Um, there's lots of national organizations out there. We like to work with Cohen Veteran Services. They have quite a few um, centers now that address mental health for the veteran and the whole family. Um, so there's there's lots of organizations out there. Well, that's cool. that's good to know because uh, you know veterans, uh, from what I understand, uh, just the the mental health issue is so critical right now and the, the suicide rate is so high and it's just so heartbreaking and and you know anything that that we can do you know I think is so important and on that note um, do you have any suggestions and or how can we help you how can listeners help Project Sanctuary and and help our military families well they're helping right now just by listening and understanding and getting to know what our military families are going through, um, I would say be that beacon of light and hope, spread the mission, spread the word. We don't want any military family in crisis or, you know, not getting all the support and services that they deserve. So listeners can go to our website, projectsanctuary.us. Um, they can tell their neighbors, they can tell their friends, hey, I heard about this really unique, cool, innovative, impactful nonprofit uh, doing what they can for uh, military families. And we truly are one of the only ones that are addressing mental health with the kids as well. Exactly. That's one thing that it really endeared you to me was that it's the whole family and the caregiver, usually the mom, but very possibly the kids too. And so often that's that's not addressed. So I love that holistic family approach. It's really yeah. wonderful. Um, we're always looking for volunteers. Again, we're if you go to our website, we're across the country. There's lots of different ways to get involved. Um, yeah, and we, of course, we're, we're a nonprofit, so donations are always pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's uh, the mission and friend raising and letting veterans know and uh, collaborating with other organizations and groups, too. That's how we really grow. Awesome. And, and um, I know that you have a lot of focus on therapeutic recreation. So do you have anything you might like for a college student looking for a, a cool way to go in life? Do you have any tips that would make for a good therapeutic re recreation specialist? Yeah, that's been probably one of the coolest parts of this job since I've been doing it for 14 years is watching the kids from my therapeutic youth programs grow up. And some of them do enlist and deploy and move on. And they're actually doing really well. And I would say it's because their families were proactive in looking for mental health for them uh, and their kids are doing well. Some of our kids are being doctors. And we've had actually a few, few kids said, oh, my God, that was incredible. I want to be a CTRS. I want to be a certified therapeutic rec specialist. And it's, it's taking recreation and using it therapeutically to help strengthen relationships and bonds and healing uh, it's really a an amazing thing to watch I always say you 
you can't promote communication any better than putting a family in a white water raft and sending them down some rapids. <laughs> not. Wow, that sounds terrifying. That's, that's something you do on a regular basis is the, the white rat water? We, we do in Colorado um, when, we, when we're able to, yes. Wow, that is so awesome. I have a kayak and I, I paddle around in my lake. Uh-huh. Like, and I, that's fun, but uh, you know, the, the thought of like rapids and that terrifying. Well, we, they're, they're not big rapids because we do have children in the, the raft with us. So, well, but we are safe. And, and we generally t- tend to put a staff or a therapist or a counselor or someone in the boat with each family so that they can also help facilitate their experience to make sure that they're getting the most out of it. Right. That's so awesome. And I know that pushing limits is always something that's um, like a real benefit of, of camping experiences and doing things that you didn't think you would ever do, like the ropes courses and stuff. And, and nature heals. Where, where are you? We try to find uh, beautiful places throughout the country that get our families outdoors. Awesome. And another thing that I love, too, about Project Sanctuary is what happens that's not necessarily written down in any curriculum, but that happens when the families are together in the common rooms, right, and sharing and cooking meals together or just being in that proximity and getting to know each other and knowing that they're not alone. Yes, they're they're reconnecting, I I say, first with themselves. We're giving them an opportunity to remember who they are and what they want. Uh, and what they need in life, and then they reconnect with their family and then with a larger community um, because tribe and family and relationships are so important. And it's why we host smaller, more intimate, personal retreats mm-hmm. so that we can tailor the retreats and the programs just for our families. We're not hosting 50 families. We're not hosting 25 families. Um, we keep it, we focus on the quality and the relationships. Nice. And you're right. It's magical. Oh, that's really awesome. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the, with the listeners today about Project Sanctuary and uh, hopes or hopes and dreams or, or anything else that I forgot to ask you that you'd like to share? I, I don't know. I think you covered most of it. And I mentioned ProjectSanctuary.us. I'm just, um, we're honored to be able to do what we do. Our military families, they're living with post-traumatic stress and sometimes traumatic brain injuries. Um, They're seeking out therapeutic experiences and help with us, and we're honored to be able to serve them. And they're resilient, and they're wonderful families. And it's our absolute honor to be able to do what we do. Wow. That's that's so awesome. And and I commend you so much for your work, and thank you. And um, I think everybody listening thanks you too for doing this and pioneering this work. So hopefully maybe you'll hear hear from some folks that might want to connect and say, I'd like to do that for a family I know or put together something in my neck of the woods. So I hope that can happen too. Yeah, and thank you so much for having us and giving us a voice and letting us spread our mission of hope. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure and an honor to, to talk with you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon on All right. the days. All right. Thanks so much, Heather. Thank you, Donna. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Giving Heartbeat, where we make unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. 
Please Be My Hero, and subscribe, download, rate, and review, and tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Naomi Charney for my beautiful cover art. Thanks to Chris Hogan for his theme music, Pure Magic, and to audio engineer extraordinaire Don Sternacker at Mixolydian Studios. Please take action today to support nonprofits that connect with your passion. Be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time, the beat goes on. This is Donna Valente. Peace out.